Friday just riding around trying to get stuff so it could be installed on Saturday only to find out that, that what should have been shipped to us was now the wrong equipment. So I'm standing out in the rain on Saturday realizing after talking with the installer about this. and So we're riding back home on Friday afternoon, Elizabeth and I, and life coach Liz turns and says, So Dad... What do you think the Lord's teaching you in all of this? <laughs> and so I waited for a minute and she, and she said, Patience. I said, No, just pay the extra thousand dollars and get on with life. What he's teaching you is don't ride with a smart mouth car. There you go. There you go. He's not he's he's somewhere he's in well, I was saying just be cool. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Randy. Oh, I love it. You ready? That's good. Um, no, so in the scheme, great scheme of things, it's just a momentary light affliction. And so this morning, you know, my prayer has been that I would just be able to arise above my own little mess that's going on and uh, and be in a place of uh, focus and confidence and encouragement in what God has to say for us this morning. I thought um, last Sunday that I was probably going to be going back to the Minor Prophets to talk this morning. And then after hearing Roger's message last week, um, I thought, you know what, maybe I should just kind of follow on and really encourage that because one of the things I read in a book a long time ago by Ian Bounds on prayer was that one of the most important things a preacher can do is teach his his people to pray and you know um, I'm still struggling to learn you know the breadth and depth of that but I'm still seeing the value of it and knowing that it's that one tool that if the enemy can just keep us from being skillful with we can largely remain ineffective in, in, in our walk with God and in, in extending the kingdom and so and thinking about what Roger shared last Sunday, I don't know how many of you remember it, but it was out of Mark 11, it was about um, um, things that you need for effective prayer, and I don't know, does anybody remember any of those four or five or six things that he listed? Joyce does, because Joyce takes notes. Uh, Trust. Trust in his plans and his purposes. If you're going to be effective in prayer, then... We have to trust in His plans and purposes. Anybody else remember anything? Forgive. Forgive. That's important. It doesn't seem like that would fit with being effective prayer, but you know, it's in the Lord's Prayer. It's in His admonition in other places when you're at the altar. All kinds of places. He says, look, if you want to be effective in prayer, learn to forgive. Anything else? Somebody said that big. Back here. Faith. Faith is important. There's a whole chapter in Ian Bounds' book about how faith and prayer are linked together. And we're going to touch on that a, a little bit this morning. Anything else? According to His will. According to His will. You know, it's interesting, and I'll go ahead and say this earlier than what I was going to say uh, later, but um, a lot of times we, um, we're not sure it's according to His will. But we pray it anyway, don't we? Hoping it is. You know, so that's why it's important for us to know the, the Word of God, His ways and His thoughts. Carly, you said ask. Ask. 
Yes, ask is important. Now, how many times do we really ask? A lot of times we hint, mm-hmm. we suggest, but asking means that you need something. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in a place of humility, you're in a place of desperation, you're in a place of want and need. If, you really, if you're really, really asking, you know, a lot of times we kind of apologetically ask, but asking in that kind of place, how can a good father, if it's according to his will, not answer? Right? Anything else? Perseverance. I don't know if you said that. Perseverance. That is actually what we're going to talk about today. So come on up and. It's <laughs> <laughs> your turn. Um, we're going to be looking, we're going to be back in Luke, the cha- 18th chapter, the first um, eight verses. Let me just read read through it, and then we'll talk about it. It's interesting because as you go through Luke, and you and and we've been in there um, some this year, talking about God's heart for discipleship, what it what it means to be a disciple, how He wants us to use um, our earthly treasures, what it means, what's the difference between faith and obedience and duty, and then one chapter later. He gives two parables on prayer. We're going to look at the first one this morning. Luke 18, 1 through 8. Now he, being Jesus, now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, In a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city And she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect who will cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's a really um, interesting parable because Basically, you can kind of divide it into three parts. The first verse is kind of an exhortation to persevere in prayer, Richard, which is what you were saying. Then he gives an example, a story about why you should, how perseverance pays off. And then in the last part, he gives an application of that. So let's look at the first verse. He was telling them a parable. And so what was the purpose of the parable? Why was he telling them this story about the unrighteous judge? Ought to always pray and not faint or lose heart, right? So how many of us this week have have thought about or could, could say a sentence with the word ought in it? I sure could. Anybody want to put their ought sentence out there for us to hear? So what does ought mean? 
obligated, something you should do, right? Yeah, a lot of times we use it when we should have done something. But a lot of times when you use that word, it's almost a confirmation to you that you need to do it, right? And so here's what Jesus says about, he's going to tell a story, and that story is to prove that men ought to, men ought to pray. So this is kind of interesting because, um, you know, it's kind of like, the story we looked at a couple of weeks ago about um, the slave in the field and then he comes in, you know, um, which was Jesus' example about response to the the, uh, disciples about increasing their faith on this whole area of forgiveness. You mean forgive that many times? Increase our faith so we can. He says, well, if you got faith just the size of a mustard seed, you know, you can do all kinds of things. And the point of that was, is you've got the faith, it's just a matter of obeying. There's a duty there that's just a matter of our will. You don't need, you don't need any more faith than we've been given to obey in, 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 in those particular things. And that's what this ought means in this particular thing. Is you, don't need, you don't need a whole lot more faith to step out and begin to pray, right? What you pray may take more faith, but to begin to pray... We have plenty of faith to do that. Uh, and then the next word is always. Don't you hate those kind of all, com- all com- encompassing words that, that the Lord uses sometimes? Always. All- always to pray and not to faint. Well, so what do you think always means? Does that mean all the time? Like pray without ceasing? How many have done that in mm, the last four minutes? It's like impossible, you know. It's, the spirit within us is, is what can do that. And so, so in the habit of prayer, we ought to always pray. And so, what does it mean to have a habit of prayer? Your first response. It's, it's, it's your regular response. Mm-hmm. I have a habit of praying in the morning. I have a habit of praying at lunchtime. In other words, we all should have habit of prayer, a time, a regular time of praying. Because you know, if we don't have a regular time of praying, kind of when do we pray? When things go wrong. So we ought to always pray in the habit of prayer. Does that make sense? So I just would encourage us all find a place and a time that works for you. And then we ought to always pray in the occasion of prayer. So, what's the difference? Well, sometimes things are wonderful and we forget to pray, right? We tend to more often pray when things are not so good. But whether the occasion is prosperity or poverty, you know, sickness or health, whatever the occasion or season in our life is, we should have, we should have in that occasion also always pray. You know, we need to be pray with thanksgiving when things are great, you know, and pray in humility and contrition and repentance and whatever else needs to be prayed when things are hard. Um, and then we should always pray 
have the spirit of prayer when we pray. So what does it mean to have the spirit of prayer? It means we're always inclined to pray. All during the day, something kind of comes across your, your, your day, whether it's a person, a circumstances, or whatever. Our first instinct should be lift it before the Lord instead of like, gosh, we've tried everything else. Let's pray. See if we can get this thing to work. You know, that should be our instinct is to is to walk in a spirit of, of prayer as well. And then um, it says that men ought to always pray and what? Not lose heart. Not faint. Well, what causes us to lose heart? When we don't see results. <laughs> when we don't see results. And that's going to be the last of five things that we're going to talk about. Because that's what this parable is about. But I just want to take a few minutes just to look at all the things that cause us to lose heart. You know, Mary was talking earlier about that stain. You know, and we ta- and, and somebody used the word defile earlier in the thing. Defilement is one thing that causes us to lose heart. How many t- how many times when you're sinning do you stop and think, "Wow, let's pray." You know, un- impurity, impurity is not really something that makes us when we're in that place, enjoying that place, do we want to pray? So defilement takes us away from prayer instead of towards prayer. Anytime we find ourselves in that, that kind of place. What Carol read was about there no accusations against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing when you think about it. No accusing. Not even me accusing me. And that's probably, depending on your personality, one of the, one of the worst ones. Um, also, one of the opposites of faith, kind of, is doubt. Do, do, you, do you run to the prayer closet when you're doubting? It kind of takes us away from prayer. Doubt does. Danger. That's an interesting one, isn't it? What do I mean by that? It doesn't mean in the United States that if you're caught praying, you're going to get shot. But if you're caught praying, you might be ridiculed. Worse than that, maybe you don't pray because you'd be embarrassed to pray in public. And Lord, help me not to be that way. But is that a danger for us? Wow, I might be, I might get embarrassed if I pray in public. So it's kind of a simple danger when you consider the danger some other countries where they face prayer. Distractions. Anybody ever get distract, distracted in prayer? Because it seems to be our number one enemy. And we can't blame it all on the devil either, can we? So I got this to do and this to do. Oh yeah, I'm praying right now. Yeah, we Distractions are one of those things. And then what Richard said, delay. You know, when things don't, you've prayed and prayed and prayed about something and it just, you know, after a while, it's like first first thing is like what was Greg was saying. Well, man, maybe this isn't the Lord's will. Maybe I'm just not asking the right thing. You know, I mean, you go through the whole gamut of reasons. Maybe there's sin in my life. Maybe the, you know, there's just you think about all that. But delay 
is can be extremely discouraging in prayer. Um, we just kind of walked through this with our son Timothy over the last half a year or so of just um, him trying to understand some things about the character of God and sitting at his desk in the morning reading his Bible, you know, getting down on his knees at the end of his bed and asking God to show him something about himself night after night, morning after morning, week after week, month after month, you know, oscillating between total despair and just downright anger that he's not, he's not you know, meeting him and just feeling totally abandoned by God, just that he is not even around anymore. And um, that's discouraging. It's discouraging for mom and dad who are also praying, asking God. Because you, you guys have been through it with your, with your kids for, in one, one way or another, you know. And so um, the other, let's see, it would have been Saturday a week ago. You know, I go out for a walk. I'm walking in the neighborhood. I'm walking up this hill. God says, you need to turn around and go back home and pray with your wife. Son. And practical me says, okay, I'll do that after I get through my walk. <laughs> Three or four more steps. No. Turn around now. So, okay. I turn around. Start walking back down. Run. <laughs> people, I just came by people. They're going to see me going back. Running. I don't want to run. Run. So I'm running. I'm running back home. Tia sees me running down the driveway. Come in the door. Tia, we need to sit down and pray for Tim. So we sit down and we pray for Tim. Mm -hmm. We pray. Pray. You know, then I just kind of feel, okay, we've, we've laid this whole thing before God. Mm -hmm. So I go back out and finish my walk. <laughs> That's what you guys think, right? Well... I find out the next afternoon that at the very same time, Tim was in total despair. He said, he said it took me all day to clean the bathroom. He said, Dad, he said it was just like, I'd be sitting in the chair, he said, it was just like somebody was like this. You're not getting up. He said, I couldn't get out of the chair. <coughs> the bathroom. He said, it took me all day. He said, finally, I got it clean. I said, I'm getting on my bike. I'm going to go ride and go run because he says that's what helps me. So he goes, he rides his bike to um, the Rose Garden. He runs between where we used to have Easter. He runs between all those concrete benches back and forth. Finally, after about three or four of them, he just says this wave of hopelessness just comes over him and he falls on his knees mm. right there. And he says, you know, Dad, he says, I think we all sometimes think about what it'd be like to kill ourselves. He said, you know that thought passes through your mind every now and then. He says, but he said, in that moment, it was the first time it ever had just kind of stayed there for a moment. Not that I was going to do anything, but he said, it just stayed there for a moment. Mm -hmm. And he said, I just was crying out to God, please, show me that you love me. Did he get an answer? No. He didn't get an answer. Until the next day, the next morning at church, 
this guy came up asking me to go and get some coffee. He said, yeah. He sat down. He said, how are you doing? Tim says, terrible. <laughs> and so he just lays out this whole story to him. And the guy totally relates to it. Said he had he had searched for God for like 13 years. And finally, God met this guy. And he totally understood where God, where Tim was. And he looked at Tim and said, well, let's just take care of business today. And Tim said he started praying. Tim said, okay. So he started praying. He said, wasn't anything special about his prayer. You know, but all of a sudden, he said, he just felt this thing just lift off his neck and fall to the ground. And he said, he said, said I felt better than I have in two years. Wow. He said, he said, I stayed for the second service. He said, I didn't even like the songs they were playing. <laughs> he said, but I still kind of wanted to dance. <laughs> and so God met him. You know, and so I'm just saying, it's a matter of perseverance. Is he faithful or is he not? He just kept coming back. And we had so many talks at morning times. After the elders meeting, I'd go meet him at morning times. Talking about things. Tim, you just got to hang in there. You just got to take one step before the other. And not everything's done. He's, and even he will tell you that. Says, I'm not there, but he said, I am in a much, much better place. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but <clears throat> it's, uh, it's, it's and, and, and that's part of what the Lord is saying. Is just hang in there and keep praying. Keep persevering. You know, in prayer. Um, you know, this particular judge was unrighteous. I like the way this one guy wrote the point of the parable. He says, If a bad man will yield to the mere force of persistent plea, if a bad man will yield to the persistent, the force of persistent plea, which he hates, how much more certainly will a righteous God be prevailed on by the faith and believing prayers which he loves. How much more would a righteous God be prevailed on by the faith and believing prayers which he loves? I tell you, will he not come quickly to his elect? Now, we might walk a lifetime and quickly doesn't seem so quickly, does it? <laughs> but in the light of eternity, quickly is quick. You know, and so, what is he saying? That's the assurance he gives. Such a positive statement. Look, if this is true, the unrighteous judge is this way, how much more is God the way he is that he won't answer prayer? And then he makes the statement, I assure you that he will come to the rescue of his elect. But then he asks a really interesting question at the end of that passage, doesn't he? Will he find faith on the earth? What do you think that means? Will he find faith on the earth? Are my people going to persevere in prayer? Are they going to be about the work of the kingdom 
but at the same time ready when I come. What's interesting because the, the, the passage right before this at the end of chapter 17 is all about the disciples are asking, well, when are you going to come back? When are you coming back? You know, and he gives all these examples, but in the middle of it, he says, remember Lot's wife. What happened to Lot's wife? She looked back. She didn't make it out, did she? And so... We should persevere and be expectant and ready. There are tons of parables in the Bible about being ready. But at the same time, we need to be about the king's business. But we need to be willing when he shows up to leave the king's business. Right? Oh, no, no, we've got, we've got one more outreach planned. Don't turn around. Don't turn around and be looking at that outreach when he shows up. And we just need to persevere, you know, in that place of being about that, but also being expectant of him. And I just want to encourage you in that. Um, Think not. Whatever it is that's in your heart that you've been praying for, First of all, make sure it's according to God's will. Stay in a place of faith about it. And remember that God delights in prayer, prevailing prayer. It's not, I'm sorry God, I'm bringing this to you again. No. He delights in that. Yeah, he delights in it. And I just want to encourage us to stay in that place, whether it be for a family member, a loved one, um, a, a desire of your heart, whatever that might be. If you, if, you're, if you know it and are convinced it's within the will of God, have faith for it and really ask. And keep on asking. And maybe you'll see the Lord before it gets answered, but what does it matter then? Is that, not, is that not the righteous judge doing what he really means? He's going to vindicate in that day the faith that you've had in him all your life, all the time that you've walked with it. You know, he will make things right because everybody will see, wow, Bill King, that guy, whatever he believed, it must have been right because he's gone. You know, when the judge comes, He'll vindicate our faith. Take out a piece of paper. Something to write on. Something to write good. Write down five things. Not only that we ought to pray, but five things that you ought to pray for. I'm going to add a little application to what Preston has already shared with us. Five things that you ought to be praying for in this regular habit of prayer.
You know, sometimes we can we can start to pray and then suddenly our mind goes blank. And sometimes you start to pray and, and your heart is so filled with things you want to bring to the Lord's attention that you, you, you feel guilty when you finally say amen. There's, there's more to pray for. What are those things that we should be praying, that we ought to be praying for? Health, wealth, and prosperity? That's probably 95% of most people's prayers. Health, wealth, and, and direction. Put it that way. But what, what ought we be praying for? I heard uh, Preston. I heard a challenging thing the other day about what husbands ought to be praying for. They'd be praying for, for their wives to be sanctified in God's word. And it, it ripped at me. Husbands, you praying for your wife to be sanctified according to the word of God. What ought we to be praying for? I want you to have a list ready so when the and you're continuing to pray in your habit of prayer that you've, you've got some things that are on your heart that you know are near and dear to God's heart according to His will. for their children. Every believer will pray for the kingdom of God to be established and built. Pray for the redemption of our culture and our society. The claiming of these things for God's purposes and His glory. Will we pray that the word of God becomes stronger? There will not be a famine of His word but a feasting on His word that it will, it will transform Society and culture. It will bring healing to the captives. Freedom to the captives and healing to those that are sick. Bring life to those who are dead. We're praying for, for God to uphold His plan for marriage. His, His protection for the unborn. Pray that God will bear, break down the barriers between people, societies, and cultures. They pray for peace. Well, the list can be very long. And all of our lists will have similar things on it, but it will have some differences. You might be the only person praying for a particular other person. And God loves to hear that prayer. Your list can be longer than five items. Huh? It's a good thing. <laughs> it could it could be fifty items. Pray for Gateway Christian Fellowship. Pray for different ministries that we all know and love and be a part of. 
Pray for those who lead and serve. You know, it's one thing to talk about praying, and it's quite a different thing to order our lives to pray. And I would encourage you, if, if you're here every other Wednesday night, to come join the church. That should not be the only time we pray. It is a time we do gather for the sole purpose of praying. So Father, we pray that you would uh, govern our lists, our prayer lists. And Lord, I know how much I love lists. Lord, they help my brain remember. Because the ink doesn't fail me as much as my memory does. But Lord, we, we just we just sort of want to be obedient to you. Lord, we want there to be a sense of uh, of freedom from doubt, from despair, from discouragement, from distraction, defilement. Lord, we just pray for a buttress, Lord, a fortress against these five ailments that Preston outlined for us. Lord, that our prayer would be without ceasing. We give you thanks, Lord, that you've even ordained such a thing as prayer. Lord, we give you thanks in our prayer. Lord, we, we, we adore you. We lift you up in prayer. Lord, we acknowledge that you are God and we are your beloved in prayer. Lord, that we are the needy and that you are the giver. Lord, you are the one that provides, and we are the ones that receive. Lord, we acknowledge that your will is perfect and enduring, is gracious and compassionate. And we need those things in our life, and we need to represent those things to other people. Lord, we pray that we'd be faithful to your word, and Lord, that your word becomes stronger in our land, in our church, and in our culture our government, in our educational system, in our industry system, in business, in commerce, and in our relationships with one another. Thank you, Lord. Well, you're welcome to continue your list later. Let's sing page 25 again.
just confront her, Lord, in your grace, in your gentleness, by your love, Lord, and in your kindness. Lord, we just lift up Jesse to you. And now, church, just offer up to the Lord. To speak these things out, we might agree with you and, and, and beseech the Lord. Lord, I lift up Lisa and Randy. Yes. I do pray for peace in their hearts, peace in their spirits. And, and I would ask, Lord, just the way that you prompted Preston to pray and run and, and get with Tia and pray for Timothy. If there are times this week that they need to unite in prayer immediately, pray that you would give them wisdom and discernment uh, to do that, Lord, uh, and, and then that you would give them grace to entrust their daughter to you. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Yes, And Lord, I lift up Tim to you, too. Mm-hmm. Father, that you would continue to make yourself real to him. That you would show your love to him. That he would see your your great, immeasurable love. Not just for the world, but for Timothy Chief. Lord, reveal yourself to him this week. Lord, I thank you for the courage that you developed in Jesse. She would step out like this. I thank you, Lord, for your great love. Mm-hmm. I thank you, Lord, that as your Father, I can entrust her to you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're a better provider. You're, um, she's more secure in your hands. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Be with him to yes. draw to you, reveal yourself to him in ways that he hasn't seen you or known you before. Just mm. continue to, to be in his life. Just pray mm. your spirit would be with him and at work in him. Yes. And for Rachel too, mm-hmm. wherever she is, yes. just be with her and her team. And mm. Just ask that you would uh, use them to to draw people to you, Lord, but also to open their eyes just to see the different cultures and nations and needs, Lord, just to see the need for Christ and just to see what, relative to what you've done for her and the life you've given her, to see the desperation in this world so that she can pray and, and, and you can guide and direct her steps to where she's supposed to go, to reach out to others, to bring life to the gifts that you've given her, photography and writing and just, just the calling that you have on her life. Just guide and direct her and speak to her. Thank you. And also just be with and protect her and those she's with. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. Father, I want to bring our nation to you. Oh, Father God, we are in such need of revival. And Lord, I ask that it would start right here, that it would start in our hearts. Lord, that you would reveal things that within within each of us that's holding us back. Things that we need to give to you. Things that we need to repent of. Father God, have mercy on this nation. And send revival. 
Sin revival, Lord, not just, Lord, my heart breaks for the young people in this nation. And for the standard that's not even the standard anymore. But there's a there's a false standard that's been raised up. And Lord God, would you break that? Would you tear down that false standard and raise up a righteous standard? Lord, I pray for the people in Israel Israel, as well as in Egypt. Mm. Lord, that are called by your name. Father, the people in in Egypt are just being slaughtered, Father, by the brotherhood and others. Lord, I just pray that you would have mercy upon them, Father. Yes, and you would expose what it is that they're doing in the world to be appalled. God, the pressure would be brought about, Father, to stop this, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, pour out your grace over those people, Lord, and hold them in your hands. Lord, keep them from being just destroyed. Lord, instead, I pray that it would bring about a change in that nation, Father. A yes, change that would bring them to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, let your hand be upon them. Reveal yourself. 
Reveal yourself to the internationals. Reveal yourself. Let them see you. Let them know you. Let them accept you. Let them call upon your name. And as the one said last year, be a friend of God. Lord, give, give Mary and Susan and Carla and Richard and all of Red, Robin and all the others that are going. Give them your Arthur and Emiah and, and Bill. And Lord, I know the list is long because there's 80 that's going. <laughs> but Lord, I ask that you would give them Hallelujah. words to speak. Yes, that Lord. you would give them uh, just a, a a divine appointment with a particular person that there would be uh, reports of salvation there would be times of relationship building there would be excitement and Lord I pray for Mary in this whole thing as she's putting it all together and working everything out and Lord I pray for peace in her mind for peace in her spirit. Father, may, may uh, those that know you be a fragrant aroma yes, for Lord each Jesus. one on this trip. Yes, Lord, Father. A, a precious presence of God that's attractive and is delightful yes, and um, desirable. Lord, we, we remember in prayer that all things are possible for him who believes. So, Lord, we do ask for transportation, mercy, and housing, yes, and lodging, and food. And, yes, but more than that, Lord, we ask for your presence to be there. Father, I also lift up as the Crossway Celebration Arts Team year begins this week on Wednesday. New members today. Lord, I just ask that your presence would be there and uh, would, from the moment that those kids arrive, the appointed place for whatever Garner Christian Fellowship then, uh, that you would apprehend them mm-hmm. all the young ones and the older ones Lord that you your presence would uh, capture their, their their desire and Lord I also rejoice with Roger and Wendy yes and the, mm-hmm. the amen, amen. Yes. hallelujah hallelujah thank you Lord Lord we we just rejoice in your decrees. Enjoice, Lord, how you how you love Henry. Yes, Jesus. How much you love Henry. And Lord, we can see it unfold in our very eyes. And yes. that you've given Roger and Wendy such patience and love and and rest, Lord, in in your plan and your unfolding of your will. Moment by moment by moment, by setback, by victory, by disappointment, by triumph. And Lord, we just pray that it seems now, Lord, that the beginning, the end of the beginning might be arriving, and now the real life of parenting, loving, discipling begins. Lord, I pray that we would leave here different people than what arrived. We ask your blessing upon this home. Yes, Jesus. Upon Wayne and Jill and all they've done since they got back from a week away on Thursday. And just ask, Father, that you give them rest now and restore them. Just pray, Lord, for 
Preston and Tia and Elizabeth and Tim and the home that they have, Lord, may you order the steps. Repair the air conditioning. Well, we become so accustomed to your blessing. We just give you thanks, Lord. Lord, all the other prayer requests we have, there'll be a moment in our regular time of prayer, in our call to pray, where we'll, we'll, we'll be reminded to bring these things to you. anything else we need to hear <laughs> as a church birthdays anniversaries yes um, tomorrow is the anniversary of Greg and Pat whoa, whoa. Yeah. whoa. and then on Thursday we have a, uh, a twin birthday or dual birthday of Carol and Lisa. Woo!